0: What's up, everybody? It's Jay Scott from the Hook Rocks, the ultimate rock community podcast. Hope everyone's having a great day. Fall is in the air. I know the chill is affecting everybody or most everybody around the country, especially on the East Coast and the Midwest. Hopefully, it's warmed up by the time this episode airs. On today's episode, I have a very special guest, my own 14-year-old, soon-to-be 15-year-old son, Chris. How are you doing today, Chris?
1: I'm good. How about you?
0: I'm good. I'm good. Thank you for doing this. I know we've talked about it in the past, about what you wanted to come on and talk about, (laughs) and we're going to discuss how someone your age absorbs music and how they connect to rock music versus other genres. Let's start first, though, with the very first question we always ask first-time guests, and that is the essence of the show, and that is just like every rock song has a hook that sucks you in... Every rock fan has a moment, whether it's a song, an album, a band, or a performance that hooks them on rock and roll. What we'll hooked you?
1: Uh, well, you did obviously. Um, when I was around like four or five years old, you always play rock music in the car. I mean, I could remember one day where I came in the car. I was singing what Lady Gaga or whatever, and then you're like, "Oh Jesus, I gotta, I gotta lead them in the right direction." So you decide you started playing guys like Butch Walker and Pete Yorn, like more alternative, more like like country rock. So about a couple years later, uh, I go see my first concert, Butch Walker, and like I knew all the words to like most of his songs and everything, and I was only what, like five or six years old? Five years old, that was down in Kentucky, we did a road trip after a soccer game. Mm-hmm. And I remember being on your shoulders and just like... I, I didn't picture this guy to look like... I th- I didn't know he was going to have... I thought he was going to have long hair like ACDC does or whatever. So it was, it was kind of different for me to see, you know, the actual, like, the image of what they look like versus how they sound. Of course, I'm singing along, and uh, Butch looks up at me from the piano when he's playing the song Synthesizers, and he says, I better be on my best behavior tonight.
0: Yeah, I remember that. That was a great experience. I don't know if the song was synthesizers. I think it was... I'm pretty sure it was
1: synthesizers because I asked you, why is he singing about synthesizers when he has one right in front of him?
0: But he, he really interacted with you, and so did the band, like, the whole show. Um, they were smiling. They were waving to you. They, they got a big kick out of a five-year-old being at their concert. And then we got invited backstage to meet Butch, you know, after he came off the bus, and Butch spent some time with you talking with you about your music. And then you mentioned Pete Yorn and you mentioned Jesse Malin and he was like, yeah, those are my buds. And it was a good experience. And then also the opening band too, which was this band out of Madison. Yeah. Which was this band out of Madison, Wisconsin called Loxley, which was kind of like a Mm -hmm. Beatles esque alternative band that had a lot of good harmonies and a lot of good catchy riffs as well. Some of you may know them from the American family insurance commercial uh, the Whip. The Whip, yeah, that's it's right. also
1: the Columbus Blue Jackets uh,
0: goal song. So. <laughs> yeah, of course, of course, hockey. But yeah, that was a great show. You you hung out with Loxley. They gave you drumsticks. They autographed a CD for you. Butch was totally in you. That was a really good experience. I know you really like Butch Walker and used to sing. She likes hair bands all the time and some of his other stuff. And you really connected with that music at an early age. There was also Brendan Benson, who oh, yeah. we listened to a lot because I didn't want to play the hard stuff and the heavy stuff for you at such a young age because I didn't really think that at that age you would connect with it because it was more aggressive, more loud, and that's why I was always a big fan of Pete Yorn and, of course, Butch Walker, and that's why I always played them and Brendan Benson, Jesse Malin, who was some other stuff that we played, too, like Ryan Adams and, oh, Lucero was, was another band that we played a lot, or I played a lot while in the car, and then as you got older... I started to play more of the aggressive stuff, yeah. more of the harder well, stuff.
1: Even today, I still go back and listen to
0: Loxley. Like
1: Loxley just put out a, a single a couple months ago. And, you know, I listen to that once in a while, and like I go back to when I was young, and I remember listening to Pete Yorn when we were in California in the car, and you know, it just brings back memories. Well, that is to the same music,
0: right? That that is the most and uh, most valuable thing about music, right, is the way you connect with it and is the way it can bring back memories and take you to a place when you were younger and, you know, when you hear a song, Dave Lee Roth always mentions it a lot, or did mention it in an interview that music has the ability to act like a time machine. When you hear a song that you listen to over and over again when you were younger, when you hear that song when you get older, it takes you back to a place in time and it creates those memories. So it, it is true. Music has the ability to do that. Butch Walker, Pete Yorn, Brennan Benson, some of the other artists we mentioned as well. Where did it go from there? How did you connect with music? Because I noticed like all that music that you were listening to prior to that, Lady Gaga, not that Lady Gaga isn't a great talent, because she is, but all that music that you were listening to, which is more of a pop flavor, seemed to kind of completely disappear from your everyday listening habits. Well, right. I was like four years old and...
1: No, I, I, I really wouldn't remember that stuff, but as I got older, I started listening to more of punk, because you would play like Foo Fighters and the Gaslight Anthem in the car, so I kind of went on YouTube on my old computer that I had and started listening to Foo Fighters and the Gaslight Anthem, and Foo Fighters for a long time was my favorite band, and and listening to, to songs, and even going back to when Dave Grohl was in Nirvana, I still really liked that stuff.
0: Foo Fighters really was a band that you connected with after your initial exposure to the music that I was playing with you. In large part, was because of the Sonic Highways special that aired weekly on HBO, where they were recording new music in different cities like Chicago, Washington D.C., Louisiana, Seattle, Seattle, I
1: Seattle was a big one because their first song on that album, Something from Nothing, they uh
0: that, that was recorded in Chicago though. That was recorded with the guy from Cheap yeah. Trick.
1: They uh they did a special montage of the song and I just remember it was so cool, you know, listening from their past albums and then finally seeing like this cool masterpiece they made on their new album. I thought that was really cool and it really it really like helped me understand well how bands go through and record and how hard it is to write lyrics and produce that good of good music. Like just waiting months on months for a new
0: album to come out. It it's just, it
1: certainly made me more appreciative. Of uh, the band's music.
0: Yeah, I mean, Foo Fighters really does a great job of getting out in front and really marketing themselves and positioning themselves to go across all age groups, you know, from someone your age, and I think you were like 11 or 12, maybe even, yeah, probably like around 11 when you first heard that, to someone my age, you know, who's more of the classic rock, you know, demographic. And they have an ability to touch on all different age groups, which is really interesting. I don't know if there's really a band out there right now that does that. And their music is good too. None of it matters is if their music is not good. So that's always the key first thing, right? And that was the first time I actually took you to a record store to get their their album when they came out. We went to I Remember Stone Records.
1: I was in fourth grade.
0: It was right before Christmas break and it was
1: snowing so hard. We went to Gene Jude's I don't know if you guys know but it's a really popular hot dog place by us and we went to Gene Jude's and then after we went to go get the new Foo Fighters album because my grades were good so I I remember uh, getting in the car and then putting the album and just blown away by by the the new music they put out because before on uh, the first song I bought on my uh, my iPod that I had when I was a kid when I was younger was walk on their album before wasting light and uh my mother let me get it i begged her it was 99 cents and uh, i was actually really surprised that she let me get it because it was such a good song and uh my mother isn't really a you know she's not really a fan of rock music but she likes the foo fighters like you said before like it, it, it it connects to all age groups and all different kind kinds of people and their personalities so I thought that was really cool.
0: Yeah, I agree. And I, your reaction to going into a record store. I remember driving down there, and you're like, "Dad, where are we going?" I'm like, "We're gonna go to this record store." He's like, "What do you?" You're like, "What do you mean record store?" I'm like, "Well, they place where they sell music. You mean that's all they sell is music?" I'm like, "Yeah, they used to. There'll be a whole bunch of them when I was growing up, and now there's few and far between." But that was an experience in your in, in itself because you know people your age now get their music. It's, very, it's much more accessible than it was when I was growing up. I mean, you had to go to a record store to get the music or listen to it on the radio, but if you wanted to buy music, you had to go get the physical copy. And walking into a record store with you, seeing how kind of overwhelmed you know, you were by looking at all these <laughs> records and images and, and just not knowing where to start, that was a cool experience as a father to see you go through that and kind of see you absorb that.
1: There wasn't really a lot of people in there also too. It was just us because that's kind of the sad part too is like every day probably less and less people show up to that record store
0: because you know they can buy it online or whatever. Yeah, so. yeah, that's true. It's true. I mean the place like that on a Friday night and a Saturday, I mean Friday nights and Saturdays were obviously like the peak times, but you'd walk over there or you'd go into a record store and that particular one is Rolling Stone Records just outside of Chicago. It's in Norwich, Illinois and you'd be it'd be jam-packed when a new album came out and new album releases i think we're on a tuesday back then monday at midnight these record stores would stay open and there'd be a line around the block waiting to get the new guns and roses album or the new motley crew or the new bon jovi def leppard metallica whatever it was there was a there was an, an ability to do that and that was all part of the experience and sadly that just doesn't happen anymore And I think generations like the one you're in right now lose out on that experience because I know people in your age group really do like the experience of doing things, you know, based on statistics and whatnot. You know, the younger generations really like the experience. That's why festivals are so popular now because it's an experience. That experience, I'm I'm afraid, is probably gone forever for most people your age. So... Sadly, you have to find a different way to connect to music. Well, one
1: thing you got to consider is like there's a new way people can connect to music, whether it's I know this is really popular in my generation, where whether it's you're hanging out with your buddies and playing it on the loudspeaker or you're finding new music through Spotify or whatever music platform you have. I mean, it's really cool to be like, oh, I found this really cool artist. You show all your friends, you show your family. I think that's really that's like big as it was when you were a kid, but it's pretty special to find bands that, like, connect to you, like, online. And it's something you never had when you were a kid. That's true.
0: How does that affect how you enjoy music? I mean, I know there are bands that have a heavy social media presence, like Instagram or Facebook or Twitter. And I know you're not on Facebook and Twitter, but you're on Instagram. But how is it when a band... Connects with you on Instagram, start you know, in, involves you in a conversation, comments on a comment that you comment on. How does that make you feel? I follow a lot of bands on Instagram,
1: and they all post their tour dates, they're when they're releasing a new song, or pictures of their last concert. Sometimes I'd go to that, those con- some of those concerts, and I see, wow, I was there. And I remember uh, we saw Diamond Head, Erico opened up for them, and. I just remember like, it was at The Forge. I just remember like, seeing that and seeing them play and listening to their music weeks before and finally get to meet them. And then they go ahead and put the pictures on Instagram. And then I remember I commented, I was like, cool show, I was there. They responded, glad you liked it. And I was just like, my heart dropped. I was like, whoa, that was really cool that they that they noticed me. Like, not a lot of, like more like, more popular bands don't really notice people. Erico. And Dirty Honey, they really they really care about their fans, and I'm not well, saying I'm not saying the big bands do, but like it's more like focused on their fans as they get as they get bigger, they kind of grow more fans that way. So
0: I think that was really
1: like a cool experience.
0: More bands that are starting out, smaller, yeah. I think that's very important uh, in today's day because the way the artist brings in revenue is much different than it was in my generation when a, when a band signed a record deal. They got upfront money, they got a percentage of the sales of the records, and the physical copy and the and the and the presence of that revenue was was huge back then. Now artists get like a third of a penny for each stream that they that you that you play. So if you play like ten streams or ten songs, you know, stream them from Spotify, they get like two bucks. Out of all that, or not even not, uh, not even two bucks, probably like not even a buck actually. So it's it's very different how they bring in revenue. So how they connect with the fans on social media, like responding to your post, you know, following you back. You know, you, if you subscribe to their YouTube channel or their you know their Instagram page, or Twitter page, and whatnot, that's very important to how a band markets themselves and gets on bigger gigs or gets on regular play on some markets for radio. So it's all about the likes. It's all about the subscriptions that people have. It's all about the social media traffic that they're, in, they're able to draw up and build. That's how they succeed, and that's how they bring people to their show and buy, have them buy merchandise.
1: Well, another thing, too, is that they have uh, jobs outside of their bands, right? Not all of them. So, well, most of them do to get money because the music that they put online, like you said before, they don't even earn a buck. For like ten streams, so they have to have. They're they're trying so hard, their shows and their music and everything to gather money to put effort into their new album. So that's really, I think bands work more hard now. Oh yeah, than they absolutely. did in the past to get more popular. So that's well, one. That's one thing you gotta appreciate too is like how how hard these bands are working. Like not sleeping at night, coming up with
0: lyrics or buying new equipment.
1: That's really special too.
0: Well, I think. Bands from my day worked hard, but I think it was just different, right? They, I mean, you know, when you think about the stories that Motley Crue tells, or you know, other bands that are, you know, talk about sleeping in cars, or you know, Metallica talks about the hand sandwich, where you put, you know, the the lunch meat on your hand, and that was your sandwich, you know ham and mustard and you'd roll it up and you'd eat it and living in one apartment you know infested with cockroaches so i think bands throughout all generations have worked hard however there was more of an infrastructure back in the day you know there was mtv was an outlet where they when they actually played videos and music radio markets were much different where djs were allowed to play what they wanted to play and they would play deep cuts Or they play if, if a new band came out you know that was local or that was new that a lot of, not a lot of people were playing a DJ would bring in their own record and play it now radio is completely different there is no new there is no outlet for new rock music on regular radio so yes they do have to work harder in connecting with their audience whereas i think the work previous was more on producing the music so now bands have to produce the music and then they've got to go out and connect with the audience Where, because there's no infrastructure for them and their new music, they have to like find an audience. They have to build an audience. The other thing that's a lot different too is back in the day when there are bands that really did not achieve the stardom or success that other bands did. Whether they released an album, those that music pretty much went away. Like you couldn't find it, and and you know there are collectors out there that have it. You know, there are bands that just didn't reach the stardom level that other bands, that you know, during that period in the 80s. What's different now is anytime you put music on Spotify or if you upload something it's on YouTube, forever. it's there forever. So you can go back to it and you can find it. That's really cool, and I really do appreciate that because that's a lot different. You know, there there's a band called The Brought Low that I just did for the New Music Spotlight, and they've been around for... You know, over a decade, and they don't really have a lot of mainstream success, or they don't really have a lot of success outside of of the area that they play in. You know, they're, they're an East Coast band. They've done some stuff in the Midwest, but you know they they you know they they have they they work hard at what they do, and they they release some really awesome music. Now, back when I was growing up, a band like the Brought Low, who's from New York, me being in Chicago. It'd be very rare if I were it was able to be exposed to that band. I would probably never hear of the Brat low thirty years ago, 40 right. years, you know, 35 years ago. Whereas now I can be on YouTube and I could be searching, you know, listening to a band's music. Like for instance, I I found the Brat Low because I was listening to Lachinga from Vancouver, Canada, and they were a recommendation. The, you know for the next song to be played on youtube same thing with 1000 mods from greece a band like 1000 mods nobody in america nobody, yeah. would ever hear of this band 35 years ago 30 years ago chris lane who's going to be on next week's or this week's chris lane from the band station who's going to be on this week's new music spotlight made a comment to me after we Stopped recording about the scene, right? We always talk about the L.A. scene. We talk about the, S- the Seattle scene. I always talk to you about this stuff. And each market all had their own scene where bands, local bands, playing original music, were playing clubs, and people would go there Friday, Saturday nights, or whenever the you know the night was they were playing, and they would pack it. And this was all original music back in the day. Yeah, now it's just like cover bands,
1: right? Playing at, playing at like town festivals and stuff like that. Right? And bands are working so hard. Like I said before. To you know, make a name for themselves, and then these festival owners just hire like, just people playing other other people's music.
0: Well, that goes back to the fan. That's another. But let me let me finish my thought. So each local market had a scene that you know was able to produce new original music, and Chris, after we got done interviewing, said something. You know, the scene now is Planet Earth, whereas a band from New York. A band from Florida, a band from Greece, a grand band from South America can reach anyone, anywhere, at any time. And I thought that was really interesting that he said that. Very interesting perspective. Because that is true. Whereas years ago, a great band in Florida or Chicago was maybe not able to gain any traction, but still a great band, now has that access for everyone around the world. Which opens up so many, so many different doors and so many different avenues for them to pursue, which I think is really cool. So after Foo Fighters connected with you, after the Butch Walker concert, you know, you went to with, the, with Loxley, you and I started to go to a lot more concerts, mm-hmm. which was a whole different experience for you. The first concert we went to was at Soldier Field to see Metallica, Metallica. on their hardware tour with Avenged Sevenfold. And that was a unique experience because that was the first time you actually saw a band in a large setting like that, in a large stadium. Talk about that. How did that make you, you know, connect with music? It was just a lot of people there. I've never seen so many people. I didn't even know
1: like, that many people like Metallica until that moment because that really like, changed my perspective a bit. It kind of got me more into Metallica, but seeing how they look like, how old they are. And uh, going back to when they were young and listening to their newer stuff. And from that moment, I just li- really listened to heavy stuff like metal and like heavy metal into the 80s, like Judas Priest and Iron Maiden, and then going all the way to now to like Avenged Sevenfold and Three Days Grace.
0: Well, that experience at that Metallic concert was, was right, like you said. Like, you know, you had seen Butch Walker in a small club, and then you go to this big stadium where there's 60,000 people there was just incredible and and yes you are right in a setting like that it's a completely different vibe than a than a show at a club where you're watching screens because the place is so enormous and you're so far back from where the band is actually playing so it's a lot harder for the band to connect on a personal level when you're sitting on the back and we still had good seats like you know we weren't up on like the third tier or the second tier we were kind of by the edge in the corner yeah we were back you know on the opposite side of the stage so if you picture a football field because it was at soldier field they're in one end zone and we're in the other and here we are watching screens and you know i i don't know how much i paid for tickets but it was a it was a considerable amount but yeah so that's a totally different vibe and then to follow that up we went and saw iron maiden and ghost Mm -hmm. which was a cool experience for you too which was extremely loud yeah i love ghost ghost is probably one of my favorite bands
1: and it was kind of cool because I knew I knew of Ghost before I saw them, and I knew what they looked like. I just never saw them in concert and how they played. Cue the cue the lights and the lights turn off. I don't know. It was like they turned it to white, and you see this figure walk out, and he's wearing a mask and he's wearing a robe. He has an upside down cross necklace, and they just go out and they play Square <laughs> Hammer.
0: Well, the imagery is very important to Ghost, too, and that's a throwback to when I was growing up. I mean, you had bands like Kiss, and you had Alice Cooper, and you had bands that were very theatrical back in the day, and that has gone away for the most part, and Ghost is one of those bands to really kind of connect with that and really try to bring that back because it is an important aspect of music, and being a kid your age, I remember how I connected with Kiss when I was a little younger than you, but still it was the same thing. I saw these guys with four white faces with each had their own kind of different look on, you know, the white was the backdrop of the makeup and they had, you know, Ace Freely had the silver and Gene Simmons had his, his design and Paul Stanley had his star and Peter had was the Catman. man and they all had different colors and it was very unique back then to see something like that. And they were able to bring in an audience based on the image. I mean, their music, of course, still has to be good. I always go back to that. If the music is bad, it doesn't matter what you're doing image-wise. People aren't going to listen to it. But it was a way to connect as a young rock fan back in the day, similar to what Ghost did. And Ghost was great live as a a great opener for Iron Maiden. Then Iron Maiden comes on, right, and just is extremely loud. And then they've got the Eddie imagery you know, with the face and the trooper, you know, playing the trooper and playing Wasted Years and Children of the Damned and Number of the Beast and all that stuff. And, and here you were sitting next to me or standing next to me at I think you were 12 at that time singing to all those songs, which I thought was really kind of cool. So that was a different perspective because we really haven't been back to a big show we were up close too we We weren't like we we weren't far back yeah we 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 had we had better seats for Iron Maiden than we did for Metallica and we were still you know center we were behind the pit so we had good seats but the only other big show that we've been to since then wasn't as big as those two was Foreigner and Whitesnake yeah and you know that was a different vibe too because that was more radio friendly rock from when I was growing up and you know know, when you think of Foreigner when you think of Whitesnake you think of a lot of radio hits back in the 80s and foreigner of course in the late 70s and they were great too i don't know if you really appreciate that kind of stuff because maybe that's not really your vibe or not really your thing but i think it's still good for you to see that show it was
1: because i remember a bunch of older people like older than you like dancing in the crowd i was like what what is going on <laughs> and i i just it was really cool to see like normal people the heavy metal like metal heads like going to shows and stuff like that i just saw like ordinary people like you'd see at the grocery store
0: like dancing the rock music so i thought that was pretty cool as well so yeah and then of course you know we've been to a lot of smaller shows you know we mentioned diamond head and erico you know at the forge out in joliet where there was probably 50 people there you know, yeah. And you got to meet the guys in Diamond Head after the show. You met the guys in Erico. So that was a really cool experience for you to do that. And then we've done a lot of small theater shows too. I mean, we've seen Rival Sons. We've seen Greta Van Fleet. We've seen Johnny Lang. We've seen Winery Dogs. We've seen Ace Freely, We've seen, you went and saw Judas Priest when I was in the hospital. He we went with a friend of mine. And You saw them with with uh, Uriah Heep. but there's been other shows too. I'm, I'm I'm trying to remember. I mean, I saw Ringo Star with my mom. You saw Ringo Star, which is uh, which is still really cool because there was a lot of musicians in that band. First of all, you got Greg Raleigh from J- Journey's original lineup. You've got Steve Lukather from Toto, who's an amazing guitar player. Who, when you see him in in the Ringo Star band, or if you you know if people have seen him with Toto, you really don't appreciate the skill that Steve Lukather has in how he is there with just some of the other great names that people mentioned. He's a phenomenal guitar player.
1: So when I saw Ringo Starr, I I, I hated it so much. No offense to Ringo Starr, but it it was a totally different vibe of a concert you'd expect. It was in this little picnic area, right? And there's over probably, I'd say like 400,000
0: people No, there. there's not. There, no, 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 no. That place I know the place you're talking. There was probably, There was, there, there was, it probably was about 10, there was probably about 10,000 people there. It was hip there. to hip. Yeah, there was people probably, sitting down. <laughs> there was probably 10,000 people. 400,000 people would be no. the largest concert ever ever and that place in, in which is the Ravinia in Glencoe, I think it only I think it only fits no. I think it only fits about 10,000, not even 10,000. I'm telling I'm telling there you know.
1: was a stage, right? I know, I've that been there. that was 10,000 people, but there's like like ten, was, ten times more of that There was of probably no more Than 10,000 people area. I look to my left There's people going all the way Oh yeah the there's horizon. a lot of people But I look to my right There's people going on the horizon Like I I didn't even see Ringo Starr The whole concert I just heard yeah, music Yeah you were in the picnic area Yeah, yeah. I, I couldn't hear him mm-hmm. And I just I hated. it I was like how could people do this How could they listen to music Live music And not see who's playing it Like I just I I, I still appreciated it But I also didn't like I wasn't into it.
0: So, yeah, no, I totally get it. Yeah. I mean, you know, that, you know, when we saw Blackberry Smoke and they were with Ida May and Ida May came on. They were phenomenal. And Blackberry Smoke was doing an acoustic set during their tour. This was like their, it was kind of like a, a living room vibe is what they had going on. And I really enjoyed it because, I mean, it sounded perfect. I don't know if, I mean, I think you enjoyed the show, but I don't know if you really connected with it like I did because. I appreciated the simplicity of it and how it just sounded absolutely perfect. You know, when they were playing live, you know, you're you're more into like edgier stuff, and I think I think one day you will appreciate it. But I think being what you know, when you just turned 14 when we saw that show. You know, coming from the type of music that you listen to now, I think it was it was it was a little different. I still think he liked it, but it was just you know it, it was what it was.
1: I didn't like the fact that everyone was sitting down. I thought that was kind of—I don't know about you guys, but I think that's really disrespectful when a band's playing and the crowd's sitting down. I just think that's like, hey, this isn't good music. I'm just gonna sit down and watch it.
0: I think that's kind of disrespectful. Yeah, I see your point. I think a lot of it has to do with with the fact that it was an acoustic set, you know, so it was more of a laid back environment. You know, like I, I saw. Blackberry Smoke a couple months ago at the House of Blues in Chicago, where it was an electric set. You know, they played, you know, they had their full set going, and it was a much more different vibe. Mm -hmm. I saw them with Tadashi Trucks Band over the summer too, as well, where they were, you know, with their electric guitars and whatnot, and it was a different vibe. I think I do see what you're saying. You know, when we saw Johnny Lang at the Arcada in St. Charles, you know, I took you to that show and people were sitting down for that too, as well it's just a different vibe it's a different audience i don't think it you know it's a it's a meant for disrespect but i just think it just depending on what type of music they're playing and depending on what type of vibe they want to create most of the shows you're going to go to your age and as you get older are going to be standing up yeah um but when you go see a show like an acoustic set most of the time that's going to be sitting down and enjoying the show you know I will say this, though. You know, we saw Greta Van Fleet. And we saw them at the Aragon Ballroom. And I'm glad, you know, the experience of seeing them. They played three nights here in Chicago last December. It was awesome. I know you really like that show. But the fact that up until then, every show that we went to was just a matter of walking in. You'd park the car. You'd get out of the car. You'd walk up to the venue. You'd walk right in. You know, you'd know, you be in, inside the venue in a matter of mo- minutes after the security check. You had the wait in line. Yeah, I mean, the line was wrapped around the block to get in to see Greta Van Fleet, and that's how it was when I was younger. You know, you go to a show that was general admission, meaning you could sit and stand wherever you want, you had to wait in line. And that was great to see because I have, I have not seen that in such a long time where you park the car, you get out, and there's a there's a line wrapped around the building to get in, you know, through security and all that stuff. So that was really cool for 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 you to experience that.
1: Well, we we also had to wait a little bit for Black Veil Brides too. I remember the line was out of the
0: door a little bit, and we had to go in and wait. Yeah, that was more. Yeah, I, yeah, I remember that. It wasn't It wasn't as much as Greta Van Fleet. Black Veil Brides played at the Riviera with. As, asking asking Al- Alexandra and Crown the Empire. Yeah, we didn't. We missed Crown, Crown the Empire, but um, no, it was that was a good show too. That was that's kind of more your thing. I, I I appreciate Black Veil Brides. I do enjoy them, and I do you know enjoying kind of their vibe. But that's I think you know you you've really connected with
1: that. Well, I mean, as I've gotten older, especially as you've in- gotten older, <laughs> you're fourteen. <laughs> 2019 a whole year I mean I started listening to less and less heavy metal I just think like my music taste has changed a bit as my personality has changed
0: and then just continue. listening yeah
1: just listening to different music I mean I, I remember going hard like heavy metal some death metal too thrash metal I remember going hard at that stuff listening to that every day you know I just kind of got tired of it I mean no offense to all the all the heavy metal bands, I just wanted to listen to something different, like get back into music again. Like it was another whole experience going back to, I
0: remember going back to Butch Walker
1: and Pete Yorn and starting from there again.
0: Yeah, no, it's and you're going to continue to evolve. I mean, you are going to be 15 in a couple months and your musical taste will change again and again and again. But I will promise you this, you will always go back to what the core is during this time frame, right? The music you grow up with or the music you listen to while you're growing up, well you'll always come back to it. You may not you may want to put it down for for a little bit. You may want to back away from whatever and go in a different direction, listen, but you'll always you'll always come back to what you listened to when you were growing up. I mean, I remember there were times when I was growing up, I started to listen to different things. You know, I started to listen to you know some pop stuff you know for i went through like a pop phase for a few months when i was younger like listening to like duran duran and men at work and all that kind of stuff and a little more new wave but then i went back to the hard rock and the, and the metal and, and and whatnot so i my my advice to you is to always keep evolving with your music taste always keep looking To expand your horizons. And that's really with anything in life, you know, whether it's food, whether it's culture, whether it's anything, always try something different, always look to expand. You never know what you're going to like. I mean, I connected with Pete Yorn based on a review in a magazine before a trip, a road trip I took to Michigan. I was looking for music to listen to in my car and I bought a Black Crows album that. Someone had stole from me, so I bought that. I haven't listened to this in a while. I'm going to buy this, and I was looking for something new that I had not heard before. I read this review for Music for the Morning After in Pete Yorn, and I'm going to go buy this. And the following day after work, I had all my stuff packed in my car, and I had the, the CDs in my car, and I opened up Pete Yorn, Music for the Morning After, got on the highway, flipped the CD in, and I listened to that for four hours straight, just on repeat going up to going up to michigan so music connects with you at different times at different moments but again you know whether it's lucero butch walker ryan adams pete yorn brendan benson i i, I love that music i always find my way back to what childhood I listen, memories childhood memories and yeah. listening to memories but i also love new music too and that's the thing that I get a kick out of listening to some of the stuff that you recommend that I check out because I have the ability through you to stay fresh with music, right? I mean, I still like the the, the, the stuff from my childhood and, and I love that stuff, but there's so much new music out there that's coming out and so much great music that I've been able to expose you to, whether it's Greta Van Fleet, whether it's The Struts, Rival Sun, and so on. But then you've also turned me on to bands too. Like... like- uh, the Amazons and uh, Erico, yeah. Goodbye June.
1: Uh, another thing is too, you could really like become good friends with someone over the music taste that you like. You could right. become best friends. Like I remember, like I just moved schools and uh, I'd take the bus and I'd be wearing all my rock shirts, like Metallica and Greta Van Fleet, to school. And on the bus, this kid comes up to me. He's like, "Who's Greta Van Fleet?" And I'm like, they're a band. You should listen to them. So the kid comes back like a week later. He's like, I really like Greta Van Fleet. They're cool. And you start to connect with someone. And you really become friends too. And I remember uh, uh, that friend showing me music too and showing other people music too. So it's kind of like you teaching someone and then they disciple what you're saying to other people too.
0: It's very, very true. And that happened. It's always the gr- one of the greatest things about rock music is... When you get a true rock fan, they want to expose other people to what they're listening to, which is huge, right? I've always said that you can always judge a person based on their music collection. It's a little tougher to do that now because everything's on the phone and everything's digital. You know, there's not that display like I had when I was younger where, you know, a friend would come over and they would just go up and down my shelf and look at what music I had, and I would do the same when I would go over to someone's house, you know, like, oh, what's this, how's this, is this any, what do you think of this band, and that's how you'd start a conversation.
1: I remember when I was in uh, sixth grade, uh, my friend, uh, he told me he got a guitar, I was a bit, like, confused, I was like, why would you get a guitar, he's like, you know, I, I, it's really interesting, I really want to, like, play this stuff, so, I mean, the next day, he brings his t- guitar to school, and after school, he's showing me, like, Foo Fighters songs he's playing on guitar, and I thought that was the coolest thing ever. So I begged my mom to buy me a guitar, and it was it's nothing really special. It's a cheap guitar for about, like, 80 bucks. I still have it right now. And I remember bringing it to school, and then after school, like, playing, like, oh, yeah, look what I played. And I'd play this song, and he's like, oh, yeah, look at this, what I played. And it was kind of like a friendly battle, on like what songs we learned and how complex the songs were and that really built my music uh taste too it really like opened me up to other music by playing guitar and like oh wow he's playing that chord that's kind of cool oh he's using this pickup that's kind of cool so it really good the the instruments too really like it changes your like perspective of music so that was another cool story that I had with, uh, with, uh, music experience with a friend. So,
0: and how, you know, speaking of your friends, right now, you're a freshman in high school and you've been listening to rock since you were a little kid. You know, how do other friends respond to the music that you listen to? What do the majority of kids listen to in terms of music?
1: Well, uh, when you tell someone that you listen to rock, they're like, oh, like the Beatles. Oh, like, uh, Pink Floyd. I think it's like they don't they don't really know about rock music like like we do right but they they know a little bit because of their parents and like of the popular bands like the Beatles in the past so I think they like a lot of people know of rock music but they don't know of rock music like today like bands like Dirty Honey they don't really they're not really exposed to that like like we are but the majority of kids listen to pop and hip-hop and rap I mean, some hip hop is okay. I mean, I could listen to it, but like no longer f- for forty five minutes, and then I'd go back to rock music. It's 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 really different from when you were a kid because that was it was like flip flopped, right? Rock music was really the majority everyone listened well, to. Well, hip
0: hop and in rap music was was essentially underground, and that music was about injustice, you know, social injustice in the inner cities with police and. Economic injustice as well it was it was a purpose back then you know it was it was an outlet for people in the inner city to speak about and, and, and rap about whereas now it's become more of a pop flavor you know it's not it, it very few artists there are still out there but very few rap or hip-hop artists still have that public enemy the NWA, the Grandmaster Flash, all that type of hip hop from back then that was more or less a protest where now it's more who can who can
1: swear more not when you were a kid but like now like yeah, who could swear yeah. more which beats were more complex and more mm-hmm. like catchy so i mean you got to appreciate that stuff though because People are still working hard to make those music, Sure, absolutely. You have to appreciate it, too. You have to appreciate all types of music. I mean, maybe a few. Mm -hmm. I mean, you may dislike. But for the most part, you should really appreciate all music and what all backgrounds they're coming from and why they're making this music.
0: As your friends have gotten older, have they been more open to listening to rock music? Some of them some of them can, but for the most part, I don't think they
1: really understand it. And another thing is, too, is that the kids, they really want to be different from what their parents did when they were a kid, right? They really want to be rebellious, and their fathers probably listened to rock music, probably just like you. And they really they really wanted to be different from their father and what their father did. They really wanted to be rebellious. So I think that's another part, too, is that they really just wanted to be
0: different. Well, I, I I agree with that because I think back when I was growing yeah, you up, you didn't want to listen to rock. Well, rock and jazz and uh, well, jazz was was always more of an underground thing anyway. Yeah. But but my point is that when I was growing up, rock was the rebellion. You know, I had to sneak at grandma's house. I had to sneak Ozzy Osbourne music. I had to sneak Judas Priest music, Iron Maiden. You know, Motley Crue. I had to sneak that stuff into the house because. Grandma was against me listening to that. They did not like it. And as we got older, they they relented a bit. Grandma and Grandpa relented a bit. But I was still like... I still remember having Bark at the Moon by Ozzy Osbourne and having that taken away from me because of the cover of the album. And rock was that rebellion back then. Rock was the music that parents didn't want you to listen to. And I think now that has turned into rap and hip-hop, whereas I think parents don't want their kid to listen to that music because of some of the subject matter whereas that becomes the rebellion where now oh my parents are telling me not to listen to it i want to listen to it more so i think there is a definite connection with that um as far as like you said being rebellious and being the rebellion i still think rock is still the ultimate rebellion music if you look at the lyrics if you look at what's singing about it but because it doesn't have a presence with the young people and because there's not a lot of infrastructure for people to get new rock music, it doesn't matter at this point. Because I don't think people are hearing it on a primary basis. On a secondary basis, yes. If someone like you goes into school and talks about Greta Van Fleet or talks about the Rival Sons. Very or talks few about,
1: people will know.
0: Right. Talks about Joyous Wolf or whatever. They're like They look at you like a deer in headlights, you know. I think when they get a chance to listen to the music, I think then they'll change, but that has yet to be determined yet.
1: I mean most of the crowd, like people at my school or people wherever, they don't really like enjoy music. They just listen to that music just because Well like they're music just consumers. Because, yeah, just because like their friends are listening to it or what the like what the like the popul like the popular majority of people are listening to. Like they're they're not even really like thinking about the music, what it's really saying, they're just doing it to be part of the crowd and having a good time. So I think if people stopped doing that and realized what kind of music they're listening to, it'd be, it'd be very different in the culture of music and hip hop and rock or whatever, whatever genre would be very different.
0: Well, I also think too, you've made the comment to me over the years. I wish I grew up in your generation where Rock music was very prevalent, and even pop music still, you know, was not like it is today, where it's auto-tuned and pro-tooled to levels that I don't even know, but it was still a natural, organic music, you know? I mean, you know, Duran Duran was still listenable back in the day. The Cure was still listenable back in the day. Pop music was tolerable. Yeah, and pop music, when you were a kid, like, The Cure is considered rock now. Right, right.
1: And... I think as, like I said that a couple times Oh, I wish up I, was, I grew up in your generation I really started to regret that and think about that Because, you know, as you put more under- understanding into that You could listen to music in your generation now Or any generation now You, all, you have all access to that So I think that's kind of cool too You can listen to music from now You can listen to Motley Crue You can listen to the Beatles, Elvis Presley You can all listen to that right now but when you were a kid, you couldn't because you didn't have that music platform. You can only listen to what your generation's listening to, and maybe so like the '70s and '60s. But now you can really listen to everything.
0: Yeah, no, I agree with that. I think you when you, when you say that, and correct me if I'm wrong, when you would make that comment to me, I think it was more about the music landscape where it was primarily rock, right? It was primarily you know with the pop rock, and then there you know back in the day there was no subgenres, right? It was Pop rock, rock, hard rock, metal. Yeah. That's what it was. And then Thrash came little, you know, later on with Metallica and Megadeth and Slayer and other bands. But there was no subgenres. Now you've got country rock, new rock, stoner rock. Yeah. It's just like, I don't even know. To me, it's all rock and roll, right? It's all rock music. But I think when you make that comment to me, I understand what you're saying. I think you're absolutely right about having access to everything. But in terms of the music landscape where it was such a dominant factor in it growing up where you turn on the radio, it was rock. You switch the channel, it was rock. You know, there was there classic classical music and there was their jazz and there was their other things too or in your country. But it was primarily, I mean, there was five, six, seven radio stations that played rock music in the Chicagoland area, and probably more than I'm forgetting about. Whereas now you have a classic rock station that regurgitates and plays the same songs every Day yeah. at the same times. I mean, we were just in Colorado a couple of weeks ago, and I made a comment. I got in the car and I heard "Back in Black" mm-hmm. at like ten o'clock in the morning, and we got we and we went to Boulder for the day. We spent the day in Boulder, and we got back in the car at like four, and I turned on the you know I turned on the radio and they're playing "Back in Black" same radio station. They just played this song six hours ago. Yeah. So again, and I think that affects how people listen to music, right? Because the classic rock stations are not playing any new rock music. You have to go out and search it. So let's talk about that. How do you find music? Like, what's your process as a 14-year-old as a kid? If I'm not listening
1: to my playlist, which has bands like Dirty Honey and Joyous Wolf and Amazons, and, and like, I have an, I have a playlist called, like, New Rock. It's made of, like, 80, 90 songs of just bands that release music from 2018 up because I... And, like, that are new to the scene. So, I have a few playlists with new rock, but if I don't listen to that, like, I want to find something new. Like, let's, for example, on Spotify, you click on Greta Van Fleet, their artist, and it shows their disc, uh, their picture and where they're from and stuff like that and their most popular songs. And then you scroll down past albums and all the way down to artists similar or similar artists. And you find bands like Goodbye June and like the amazons and dirty honey and you re- you click on those right and like oh yeah i know this band already and you scroll down same thing similar artists till you have like a network of like different different artists and of similarity and you can really find new music off that too so that's another cool thing too like you like you didn't have when you were a kid mm-hmm. like the similar artists is pretty much the most valuable thing on spotify like if there was no similar artist button Then some of these bands would never like they would they would no one would listen to their music besides like their friends, so that's another cool thing too.
0: How else do you find new music? Is it primarily through that button and then and then then you find a band that you like and then you go on YouTube and you watch their videos and then you you know is that how you discover new music?
1: For the most part, yeah. Very few times my friends will will like bring up new music. The friends I showed rock music when they come back and show me rock music like yeah i already know that band right so there's really no one besides you that really can show me you and your friends really can show me like new rock music so i really have to find that stuff all on my own and i i don't know about you but i think it's really rewarding when you find a good band on your own i think it's like it it sounds so much better like to well the connection is different yeah right like, because you found that your own. You you found that. Not anyone else, but you. And I think that's really special because, like, you can really appreciate it more.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. I, I think that's a huge thing. I think one of the things now, – now, when you find a new band, whether it's Dirty Honey, whether it's Kodiak, and you go and you listen to their stuff on YouTube or Spotify – do you subscribe to their page do you, do you, i mean do you how do you get connect stay connected to that band i mean for the most part yes i do follow
1: i do subscribe to the bands i i like right so that's
0: i i i do that well that's a huge thing because that's back in the day there used to be music charts and there's still music charts you know like number 1 rock yeah. song number th- and and all that stuff is based on back in the day was based on radio play and requests and all that you know music bought and purchased now, now it's
1: it's all on views views most subscriptions for the most part, yeah
0: yes. yeah so it's important that when you hear a new band and you like them subscribe like their instagram page you know like their social media pages and you know that helps the band get on their mailing lists yeah. that's that's huge for for new bands making new music and I agree with you. I still feel the same way. Like when I discovered a band, like when I discovered Pete Yorn, right? I talked about that earlier. Yeah, it sounded much better. It sounds much better, but it's it's your connection is different because no one in your circle of friends is listening to this. Mm-hmm. And 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 it's almost like it becomes your guy, your band. And because you 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 discovered them as they were starting out and you've seen them evolve and you've seen them grow. Like, you know, Pete Yorn's latest album just came out. In August or September, and I I went, you know, I ordered it. I got it um, from from his webpage, and I still buy his music because the connection for me with him is is much different than say a band that I heard at a party or in someone's car. Yeah, I, I'll like that music, but like you said, I agree with you. The connection is so much different when you feel like you discovered him without any other influence from anybody.
1: Uh going back to like the music culture it's really hard to start a band now because not a lot of kids are playing music instruments
0: mm-hmm.
1: like i don't I only know three other people that play guitar or drums like and and it's really frustrating. Do you know because, anybody that plays bass no i don't <laughs> no, I don't think anyone wants to play bass either. It's kind of just like uh if you play guitar, then you can play bass like the the basics of bass so I think it's really frustrating how people like like play instruments because playing instruments is really cool and you can create whatever whether it's good or bad it's your stuff it's your music like music you created
0: that's like really special I don't know if you have ever experienced that yeah I never picked up an instrument outside of some casual guitar piano stuff your uncle played guitar so I was always privy to him and his friends come over and sit, uh, being allowed to sit in the corner in keep my mouth shut and just hear them play riffs off of you know off of each other familiar riffs from songs that I knew so I under I understood it and I appreciated it similar to what a person playing an instrument does because you know my grandfather who you never met was a piano player and he would create music in the basement when I'd stay over. And I would hear him play the piano. Or, your, you know, your uncle would play the guitar with his friends. And he'd have three or four friends in his bedroom. And they'd all have guitars. And there was one guy with a bass. And they would just be playing for hours. They would just play and play and play. And they would try to teach each other how to play this riff and that. So I, was, I experienced it. I may not have played it, but I experienced what it meant to play an instrument and in the work that goes into Master Your Craft. Um, And that's something that, because I was exposed to it, I have a great appreciation for. I do agree with you. I, I don't think a lot of young people are playing instruments. However, I do think as you get in high school, more and more people will start to play because, as you mentioned earlier, I think people's music tastes will start really start to evolve in high school into college and whatnot. But you'll be able to connect with people playing instruments. Not as much, not as prevalent than when I was growing up or your uncle was growing up. But I still think that there are people that do like rock music. You know I always like when I take you to a show and I see other young people there. And I think you know it, it's not as prevalent, I mean, because I was going to shows when I was really young, sleeping over at a friend's house, quote unquote, and then we would we would ride our bikes to shows and we'd lock them up, you know, and then we'd have to leave early a lot of times because we you know we had to make curfew. But we were still going to shows, you know, we'd save our paper route money or cutting lawn money. And back in the day, the shows weren't as expensive as they are now. So you so you had better access to it. But but yeah, I think that's an important part, too, when you have a lot of people, friends playing instruments that even that, that deepens the connection with the music for any uh like music
1: artists now listening like like older, like more in like your 20s or 30s, like. That was probably like the last like wave of people like playing instruments like now There's really like like I said before no one playing instruments. So Like rock instrument players like now and like guitar players and drummers what we focus now Is we focus on getting better and evolving not looking for anyone who else plays an instrument because that'll that'll come later obviously we all focus on like getting better getting better at our chops, getting better at riffs, getting better at chords, like scales. That's that's what we focus on now. And then as we get older, we discover more people are playing and then we
0: Well, connect. yeah, absolutely. I think that yeah, that that that's the same as it was when I was growing up and generations before. You want to master your craft, you want to practice your scales, you want to, you know, learn different styles. That's why I think I told you last year earlier this year, you know, you were playing a lot of cool stuff and you were listening to like you said, a lot of harder, more edgier type music. And I said, you know, if you want to really master guitar, you got to expose yourself to other genres of music because that goes into your palette, right? You're absorbing it and then it's going to come out. So when you're listening to the hard stuff, if you listen to some blues, some old school blues like John Lee Hooker or Howlin' Wolf or Elmore James or whomever, that's going to be part of your palette. That means like when the stuff starts to, you start to play, you know, the output that's going to be part of it, and that's going to make you a better guitar player with more depth and more knowledge of the instrument. Mm-hmm. So that's important, too, to listen to everything. What are the bands? Like, if, if, if I were to look at your playlist, like, what are the bands that you listen to?
1: So like I said before, I have about, like, over 40 songs, close to 100 my playlist and I'm constantly switching now how many songs. playlists do you have like three or four mm-hmm. it really depends on what kind of mood I'm in, but like I'm constantly adding songs to the to these playlists, switching them out with newer ones putting s- taking the old ones out I don't really listen to anymore and putting new ones in so for example, like I'm listening to the new highly suspect album, and I put that on a couple of my playlists. So, I don't know if anyone listens to Highly Suspect. I highly recommend Highly Suspect. I highly recommend you guys go checking them out. And, you know, really giving them a follow, really listening to their music.
0: Well, that was like one of the I bands think. that you exposed me to. You know, I really like their last record. I haven't really connected with their first album yet, and just because I really haven't listened to it. I've only listened to a couple songs. I think their first two singles is what I listened to. But I really like their their... Last record. I thought, yeah. you know, we've listened, we the just. Boy listened, Who Died Wolf. Yeah. yeah, we just listened to that record in the car over this weekend. And I really I really yeah. enjoyed it. Another band that you, you know, turned me on to as well was Goodbye June, yeah, which good I band. really, I really enjoy. Yeah. I really enjoy Sheepdogs, that you turned me on to. They were a really good band. I really enjoy. Sure. Hozier was a really, really cool band that you turned me on to. And I really like that yeah. as well.
1: With Hozier, um, I think that guy has the best voice use power well you and i yeah
0: you and i had that debate the other day i like jay buchanan of rival sons and there's a lot of great singers out there i'm not saying that no but, but yeah you you like the guy from hozier what's his name uh james hozier yeah no i like hozier um i do like them a lot i i yeah everybody i, I think for the most part only been a few acts that i haven't really connected with that you turn me on but most of the stuff that you put in front of me i do like and i do enjoy
1: like i showed you erico
0: you did. You showed before me Erico yeah. before the Diamond Head show. You were like, check this band out. This band's open up for Diamond Head. Let me go see him. And I liked them. I mean, and then when I saw them live, I was like, man, this is like an old school metal band, like an Armored Saint, yeah. male metal church type of band. It was really, really good. And I had the pleasure of yeah. interviewing Ace a few episodes ago on our new music spotlight. He was really uh, a, a great guest. And just, yeah, I, I, Erico is a great band. As, as well. I got to talk
1: to some of them after the the show and I think, like yeah. I I just remember them being remember remembering them being so cool. And like I want to be I want to be in a band. I want to be just like them. So Erico if you're listening, you guys really in, influenced me and uh what I listen to now. So
0: Well, you've been able to meet a lot of I wouldn't say a lot, but a few others. Obviously, you met Butch Walker and Loxley. We talked about Erico and you met uh, Brian Tatler from Diamond Head mm-hmm. you know who's the founding member of Diamond Head you also met Tyler Bryant
1: yeah Tyler Bryant he's a really cool fella too like that's his main focus is playing guitar and making great music like none of the other and, stuff well played. he asked yeah. you too he's like do you play guitar I'm like yeah I and play guitar and then 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 he gave me a couple of picks he went in his pocket and yeah. Gave,
0: yeah, and that was that was a really cool experience for you you know Tyler Bryant is one of my favorite new artists in terms of his playing, in terms of how he approaches the guitar, I think he is a new guitar hero out there. I love his new album and his new music. Um, Erico is 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 really cool, but yeah, you also you know you do you have exposed me to a lot of great new acts. Um, what about some other bands? I know I know there's some other stuff that you like too that, that we've talked about. Uh, I like Dirty Honey
1: a lot too. And I think those riffs are like more like a classic rock, kind classic of like blues. A, like yeah. yeah, a little bit like ACDC a mm-hmm. bit. Like their like their chords they use, and uh, like the guy the guy has a great voice, and he really like he really projects and Mark like, LaBelle he, yeah. yeah he really leads the band with the with his voice like the song uh, when I'm gone. I mean like they they come out with the guitar riff and then he comes out like screeching with his voice and it, it's really it's really sweet, so that's another band I like I also like lachinga too i mean I don't know if you agree with this, but uh they kind of like remind me of like it's what their album cover
0: well yeah they're, they're they're the illustrations of their album cover are are a throwback and i and, and it's very cool it's it's a very All their covers are very interesting. Um and even their marketing flyers are really interesting too. If you have a chance to follow them on Facebook or Twitter, they really put out some 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 really good good stuff.
1: Another band too is uh is a Mondo Cosmo. I've never you never I've never heard of them. Uh, I rem- I showed you them in Colorado with the the song you're like, yeah, oh, these guys are really good." It was their single that they had and uh I just found out about them about 2 months ago. And they they're The new song called Black Cadillac, I I recommend you guys going, checking that one out. Another band, too, is uh, Joyous Wolf.
0: Joyous Wolf is a band that's able to seamlessly play all past genres of music from the 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s. And they do it very well. I mean, I know you've heard the song, like, Undesired and... And, you know, they have a little edgier sound, like a Soundgarden, Alice in Chains-ish, mixed in with, like, a Guns N' Roses and, like, you know, the 70s, you know, guitar rock and and whatnot. So it's all very cool. Um, I do enjoy them as well. As far as classic rock versus new bands, you know, like, you've heard... I still remember walking into Amoeba Music with you in California a couple years ago, and you... Going and, and wanting me to help you buy two albums, and they were Doctor Feelgood from Motley mm-hmm. Crue, and they were Audio, Audio Slaves, Slaves debut. So, in terms of as your music tastes have evolved, how has how has your appreciation for classic rock versus new rock, like what, what, how do you how do you compare the two?
1: Well, with classic rock, like. Being younger than people who, like, of the time when they listen to classic rock, I really, I start to get a little like mad and angry because most of the most rock fans now listen to the same stuff over and over and most over. Most older again. rock fans, yeah, older, older, over and over again, and it's really, it's I don't really understand it from what I've like heard from people like whether it's like my grandpa's friends or your friends or other people like I just meet it's always like oh new rock sucks or new rock isn't as good as as it was before it's just it's just noise now I mean they sound really like like their ego is like really big and like they want their music to be popular again but you do realize within 10 years those classic rock bands will not be anymore pretty much
0: yeah I've said that before they they won't
1: be here anymore and what then? What 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 is rock gonna be now? Like uh, like these people like listening to classic rock. What are they gonna listen to?
0: But how is your connection towards the stuff that I would play in the car, the classic rock stuff, versus the new stuff? Like how how is is there a different connection yes. for you?
1: I mean, it's very different because like I start to think when I listen to uh classic rock how did they like produce this what kind of like tools they used how like how different was this made than it is now when everything's on a computer and back then it was all Analog. You know, like tape and stuff like yeah. that so that's kind of cool too as i as i know now but as far as like like me like i said before me being of youth and young i really appreciate the newer mm-hmm. stuff now than the older stuff cuz like it's younger it's more my generation it's more mm-hmm. like what i'm Into right, and I really not really have I really haven't had the chance to grow up like yet because I'm only fourteen on this music. So like I really don't understand like how bands change as much as you do. So it's really like a a, it's gonna be a big roller coaster throughout the next couple of years on what music I listen to and
0: so forth. In terms of the classic rock bands, like. What? Who are your favorite classic rap bands? Like, like, like who 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 do you like to listen to that you picked up because what I was playing in the car?
1: Well, I know the the best band of all time, Led Zeppelin. You've been raised like. well.
0: Whoever ever raising you did a great, wonderful yeah. job.
1: I mean, I I don't care what you guys say, but Led Zeppelin is the best. I mean, no, it's all part of opinion, but what I think the best band is Led Zeppelin. And I really like Led Zeppelin because all those guys in each of their instruments were like gods compared to everyone else. And like Robert Plant, one of the best singers of all time. Uh Page, one of the best guitar players of all time. Jones, best bass one of the best bass player bass players and and uh like songwriters of all time.
0: And of right, course yeah, you well, have not you so have, much song, but arrangement wise.
1: Yeah, and you have the drummer. Bonham, yeah, Bonham. I th- he's probably the best drummer of all time. So, I mean, you don't have to be good at your good at your like instrument to make good music, but they obviously did. They were good at their instruments. Good at they were good at everything, except behavior, of <laughs> course.
0: But wow, well, did you finish reading Hammer of the Gods? Um, no, I took a break from that actually. Okay. All so, right. All right. who got you? Who bought you that book? Uh, my uncle. Okay. Uh,
1: I th- he listens to this uh, podcast uh, Uncle Steve if you're out there <laughs> um, What's up
0: so, so so, you listen So you hammer the gods And then who, what's another classic rock band that you like Well I hear their riffs coming from your room like all the time Metallica And who of else
1: Metallica is really the big one But there's other bands like uh, Motley. Mot- Motley Crue of course I like Motley Crue because of their image and like Motley Crue could easily easily become popular in
0: today's generation well there'd be a lot they'd be very controversial yeah um so and then what are the new what are your like favorite newer acts
1: Greta Van Fleet of course Mm -hmm. I I love Greta Van Fleet they really like inspire me to make music and play guitar they just really they they make me appreciate everything I do now when I listen to them like I remember uh the the brothers talking about what what inspires them to make music is is nature and everything like that and like the mountains and uh like how they appreciate like the wilderness and that's really their foundation of right of writing music is mm-hmm. what they of what they see around them so that's i really appreciate i like Red Van fleet a lot because of because of what because of how they inspire other people and what they're inspired by another band i also like is uh like, I, I mentioned this before in the episode, the Amazons. Mm-hmm. I just think their... I think their they're riff writing is, like, second to none greatness. And every song is, like, a new riff that's, like, can, like, kick people's asses and just make people, like, fall down to the ground. I think that that's really powerful. Other bands, too, like The Struts, I really enjoy. I mean, they're, like, kind of like like a queen a little bit like that. Mm-hmm. And so, like... I really enjoy them.
0: I mean, I still like
1: like Led Zeppelin's like in my top five favorite bands. Well, how do you now. feel
0: about the Led Zeppelin Greta Van Fleet? Like, do people compare those two bands?
1: Most of the time, when I hear people compare Greta Van Fleet and Led Zeppelin, is just it's bad. It's terrible. They sound exactly like Led Zeppelin. Like, they shouldn't be able to do this. Led Zeppelin was the greatest band of all time. Why? Why can't? Why don't you like new bands? That sound. I mean, I don't even think Greta Van Fleet sounds a lot like Led Zeppelin when you listen to them more. But why don't you want more of Led Zeppelin now? Like, like, what's wrong with that? Like, I know Led Zeppelin was the best band of all time, but even Led Zeppelin says they're thankful f- to have Greta Van Fleet. Well, Robert Plant said Robert, that he yeah. did like them. You know, and uh, he also mentioned a guitar player that would like the singer. So,
0: <laughs> be Jimmy Page. So. Yeah. Well, yeah, no, that that. That's, what, what else? Greta Van Fleet, the Amazons. Give me one more that you like. I like this one band. um it's really
1: different from all the other stuff I listen to, and if you were with me in person and you would listen to stuff my my favorite stuff with me, you would you wouldn't understand why I like this band, but they're called wallows. They're kind of like a new wave, and I really found them off a of video game, and that's that's a different thing too is like video games have like music soundtracks, and you could really discover bands from that. And of me playing hockey, I was listening to the NHL 19 soundtrack and uh, I found out Wallows, Pulling Leaves Off Trees was a really good song that it had. A really, it was really catchy. It had a really heavy bass line and it was more of like pop new wave, but like all their songs are catchy. And like, it's really, it really inspired me to put that in my music making with rock. I think that was really cool. Like to to have a band that's different from all the other ones, like in my top favorite bands. Like mm-hmm. usually, when you ask someone, "What are your favorite bands?" and like give me a countdown.
0: Well, it's always evolving.
1: And yeah, they they really show you like the foundation of like like it's all similar, right? Mm-hmm.
0: Well, no, I get it. Um, well, cool. So this was fun. So I think we're gonna. Yeah, I'll definitely be on again. Is that, is that right? <laughs> please please like and follow <laughs> so, Okay Well no we'll talk more about new music on future episodes It's always great to get a younger Rock fan's perspective Because I think that's what's kind of been missing From the conversation But Chris I appreciate you doing this mm-hmm. um, It was fun I know we talked about it for the last couple months About you coming on And I'm glad that you did
1: Yeah thank you so much This was a great
0: experience
1: And uh, to everyone out there please like and follow (laughs) and you know, give my dad support. He's doing this, doing this for good reason. He's really making, he's really speaking his heart out and, and, and obviously inspiring other people to listen to other music. And he's just working hard and he's all for the bands. He's all for, he's all for rock music. So you could really just appreciate that. And, uh, I'd really be appreciated by that. So thank you everyone for having me. And, uh, Hope you have a good night.
0: Well, thank you all again. Thank you for those comments, Chris. I do appreciate it. And once again, this is Jay Scott from the Hook Rocks, the Ultimate Rock Community Podcast. Everyone, have a great day. We'll see you around. See ya.